Break the Cycle with DSD, episode number 20. This episode is brought to you by HypnosisDownloads.com. HypnosisDownloads.com brings you a large selection of hypnosis downloads that are designed to help you with many issues you might have. I found their end of relationship pack very helpful when I was really struggling and it helped calm my mind. If you are struggling and looking for some relief, check out www.dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash hypnosis. The information in this show is my opinion and for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your mental health. Welcome back to another episode of Break the Cycle with DSD. This is going to be a little bit different because this uh, video or this podcast actually started out as a video. It went a way long. So uh, I went ahead and just decided to turn it into a podcast. It's in response to an email I received from an individual who is in uh, college with their ex. They're on their last year. They've been in this relationship for three years, and they've since broken up. And he's having to deal with being around uh, being around his ex, being around all the mutual friends. And these are some of my thoughts on it. So hopefully you like this. Let me know. Uh, give me some feedback. I would appreciate it. And uh, here you go. Hey, everybody. I got an email uh, from somebody who had a, a pretty good question, and I wanted to to uh, answer it in a video response. So I think it would be helpful for a bunch of other people than just for the uh, one person who sent out the email. Anyway, so I'll go through this and uh, read through this, and then we'll we'll discuss it. It uh, starts out with, hi, Dwayne. I love your channel and your videos. have been helping me tremendously. Your perspective clicks with me personally, and I want to thank you for all the info. I just watched your video on feeling anxious around your ex, and I thought I'd get in touch with you. And is it one of the major things that is causing me some issues at the moment? Yeah, it's one of those things that's really tough, uh, and it takes a while to, to break that down. They go on, or he goes on to say, I'm not a dad or going through a divorce, so it's funny how much I can relate to the information you're putting out there because I'm actually a college student in my third year, and I broke up with my narcissistic girlfriend about a month ago. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting about this is that uh, it, it, the pattern of behaviors are so similar that it doesn't matter. That's why somebody in his situation, this stuff still resonates and relates because it's the same pattern of behavior, um, and whenever they break up or the relationships fall apart, they typically all tend to go the same way. Anyways, so he goes on to say, um, uh, let's see, I think, it's, uh, I think it's because I will see this person on a regular basis as we are in the same college. Yeah, it's really tough whenever you can't get away from uh, from somebody. Um, I mean, you know, you date in college, you date in school. Um, I mean, if you can not do it, you're better off. Uh, like in the professional world, what I'll say to this person is, is as you as you you know go on through adulthood, uh, don't date where you work or where you you know hang out or whatever, just because it can create a lot of uh, a lot of problems. I've seen that. Personally, in the professional environment where people are in relationships and then they fall apart and like similarly what you're talking about, then you have to still work with them or you're constantly seeing them or people like you'll run on, he's going to go on and say some of these other things too. So let's, let's just get into the rest of it. Uh, We are in the same year group and we are friend uh, and we are 
friend groups are practically consisting of the same people. Uh, this was my first serious relationship, and I was living with her for the majority of our relationship, so it's really had a massive impact on me. And what I would say on this is it's going to have a massive impact on you, you know, no matter what, when you're dealing with somebody who's narcissistic because of the way that the relationship goes, the way it, it proceeds whenever you're in the midst of it, and post-breakup, how they tend to, to do things. One, you can't have a, with a narcissistic personality type, um, they always have to, there always has to be a victim, right? So you cannot, in those situations with that type of person, have a breakup to where everyone can be adults about it. They're going to turn around and, and basically denigrate you make themselves the victim, make you the bad person uh, to, to justify their narrative, which is really amazing when you think about it because it would be so much easier for everyone involved if you could just legitimately come up with the, the idea or the, the situation that you guys just weren't compatible, you moved on and you know whatnot. But in these, uh, in these type of relationships, is not really how it happens. They're, they always go into this, this smear campaign mode and this destruction mode to try to tear you down, to make it uh, get the sympathy for them and to make you the bad guy. It, it's, really, it's really sad because what I was trying to get at in, a, in the beginning of that comment was it'd be so much easier if it wouldn't, wasn't that way, right? Because then there wouldn't be stress, there wouldn't be anxiety, there wouldn't be all this crap that's associated with it. Now, the problem is, is that the, the issues with that personality type is they can't rationalize that way. Everything has to be this chaos crisis mode. So that's, um, that's why they're drawn to that and why they tend to do that. Now, it's also annoying that as you go on with this, you'll see that f- people pick sides and not a lot of people will turn around and take a step back and go, well, wait a minute, there wasn't a reason to, you know, you know, I like, I like Bill, I like Sharon. They're both good people. They're no longer in a relationship. One doesn't have to be evil and one has to be right. Now, now granted, I mean, when things happen and it's not just a mutual, you know, let's break up, but there's cheating or there's other, other things, which those are all indicative of a bunch of other problems too, um, but you can have a situation, I mean, like take my situation. I mean, there wasn't any, any uh, uh, action that happened, but there still has to be this, this uh, you know, victim status and this I'm wrong, she's wrong, he's wrong, you know, that whole thing. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, so she is the epitome of a covert narc. Very meek is always the image of innocence, and she has uh, most fooled as she had women, and has most fooled as she had me, and is the undeniably a beautiful girl and gets a lot of attention. Unfortunately, that does tend to be a pattern that tends to be a stereotype that unfortunately does tend to have some merit. Uh, this is making recovery difficult as I'm finding some friends of ours are siding with her and haven't connect, uh, contacted me since while I know who she is and have felt the destruction she can assure uh, she can cause as I myself was at a breaking point. So here, here's the other thing. And I think this is one of the big reasons why they go into this attack mode is because they feel insecure about who they are. They know that their facade 
um, their image, this, this, this meek, you know, innocent little person has been uh, exposed and they don't want to deal with it. So the best way to do that is to go out on the offensive in their mind, go out on the offensive, attack the other person, make everything, you know, well, I was this way because, you know, you're a dirtbag or you're a scumbag or you're, you know, emotionally, una- uh, emotionally distanced or unable to, you know, whatever, whatever the narrative is. But it's, it's to, to push away attention from that person to attack you right off the bat. So even if you say anything, they're already thinking that, oh, well, it's, it's validation for what the smear campaign is about you. See, this is what's really tough about fighting smear campaigns is because if you go out and you start doing it, then it, it, they're already, typically the person has already primed everyone to expect you to do that and they don't believe you. It's, it's really annoying the way it works out. And, and the only way it really it doesn't work is whenever somebody really knows you and has some integrity and says, wait a minute, this isn't the person that you, you know, the person you're describing is not the person that, um, that I know. Uh, unfortunately, for this individual being in the college environment, um, you probably don't get a lot of benefit of the doubt. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just assuming that the guy is... The, is in the wrong right off the bat. And probably a lot of your male friends are going to, to maintain their relationships with their, fe- you know, their female friends aren't going to go down that road and defend you because they don't want to get smeared in the same thing. It's, it's really sucks because it's part of an integrity issue um, that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes people just don't have. It's sad, but uh, it's, it's something that does, does happen. And I get your, and I, dude, I, I, I get what you're going through with being in the midst of this. And now you're in an environment that your entire support group for the last three years is now either turning on you, or maybe they don't even know what to say to you, but they're, they're withdrawn from you because they don't know how to really approach everything. And, um, now you're feeling isolated and alone and you go on to say, let me see if I can find the next part where we are. So, uh, I'm at the stage now where I'm just about starting to feel a little better, knowing I've definitely made the right decision and reality is slowly coming back to me. See, that's really, that's the other part about this is getting away from the, 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 uh, the trap of this or the influence is when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to see what is real and what is reality. And once you get that distance, the things start to become a little clearer. Now, you're getting into a point, which is, is something that a lot of people have, and it's very common, and that's where you, you get that distance, you're starting to feel better, and then you're bombarded with, or you run into your ex, or you have you know the, the wonderful friend who just likes to tell you, hey, did you, you know, well, let me tell you everything that's going on with Susie and what she's doing, right? It's like, Come on, I don't really, you know, don't don't do that to me. But people don't realize it, but it makes it really tough because it's a hard process to get a to get to break free from this type of relationship. So let's see. Um, let me go back down here. Uh, slowly coming back to me, although it's still making uh, it's still taking a lot of my mental energy. I pretty much had to become a recluse in order to make this progress. Because of the situation, I find it hard to see friends and socialize because most of the time she'll be there, which is tough, or if not, 
it's a, a given there will always be someone who will, uh, who will share information about her I just don't want to hear right now. Yeah, and that, you know, and, and I've had that too, and it's, it's really amazing that people will think that, and I already mentioned this before, but that people will think it's a good idea to say something. Um, I mean, I remember the last time that this happened, it was of an old neighbor. He was, the guy was doing some work at the house next to me and, you know, actually had the audacity to basically, man, your ex looks really great. I wish I could date her. I'm like, good, good luck, dude. <laughs> you know, leave your wife and go for her, you know, please marry her so the ch- uh, alimony goes away, you know. I mean, it's just like, seriously, why would even anyone even say that to you? And, I, and I'm sorry you're going through this. And And I don't know. I mean, I think some people are just, stupid. Other people are doing it because they they think you want to hear about it or they're, I don't know. And other people are being asses. Some people do it intentionally just, just to mess with you. Um, and one of the things to keep in mind is if you've been bamboozled by a narcissistic personality type, there is, especially because you were with her for three years, there is a good possibility could be wrong, but that you your family of origin set the stage that you were uh, primed for this type of of interaction and emotional abuse, which also means that you probably have associated yourself with friends who also play those stupid games because whenever they would do it, you would think it's a semi-normal and, you know, people are like this and you make excuses for it as opposed to saying, mm, you know what, Bill is not... Uh, somebody I want to hang around with, so you 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 phase it out. You basically your boundaries are not very strong. You're you're expecting people to treat you a certain way when they do, even if you don't like it. You don't make it a boundary because you want the relationship more. You've had past experiences potentially that demonstrate that this is a normal way people respond, and as a result. Um, you just make excuses for it. Hey, I, I've fallen into that trap for a majority of my life. It hasn't been until probably the last decade where I started changing that. And obviously since the separation and divorce where I've really um, been very selective of who I will uh, associate with. Probably a little bit easier because I'm not, I'm more of an introvert type person anyway. So I'm not really constantly looking to hang out with people. And uh, as a result, it's not as big of a deal uh, for me. Um, and it doesn't necessarily bother me as much, although there are times I wish I had some other people just to hang out with and do stuff with, but you know, I, it's, 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 I, let me back up. Well, my point is, is I'm at the stage now where it's not worth it to be around people who I don't, who don't really bring positive into my life. And I'll just choose to be alone, like go out to, to lunch alone or go to a movie alone or whatever. Um, my movie's not a good example, but anyways, to as opposed to doing things with people who who really are a detriment to my overall goals. Um, okay, I've seen some of our friends, and they are a few who seem to feel they have to tell me these things, what she's doing, um, things she is saying and asking about me. Oh, okay, so she's asking about you, which actually, if she's a narcissist, and, and you didn't really say that um, you said you broke up. So, you know, that's typical hoovering thing, trying to trying to pull you back in, see what's going on, seeing, or, or just, or it could just be if she's a narcissist, she's just trying to see if you're miserable so she can get the, the narcissistic supply just on the fact that, yeah, you're miserable. Yeah, you're away, but you're not happy. 
Um, and it sets me back and I need to set my head straight again. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, I have dealt with that as well. Uh, and it took, it takes a while. It takes a while to deprogram yourself, uh, or detoxify yourself from these experiences and, uh, these people. Okay. So this is affecting me in a number of ways because most of the people I know and places and things I actually have to go to, or will see end up getting, uh, getting to me. So I'm having to put in a lot of work to feel okay. Um, dude, I do not envy you in the situation to where you are now, you know, campus is going to be uh, a reminder. You know, every place where you go to normally eat is going to be a reminder. All the different things that you did with your girlfriend for three years and all your other college friends are right there. I, I don't envy that. I think it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of trying to isolate to um, give yourself some stability. Uh, I would encourage you if you can to try to find, you know, if you can find a couple of friends who aren't doing this type of stuff that you're talking about, or that you can actually say, look, look guys, you know, I, you know, I want to hang out with you. I want to go to coffee. I want to, you know, whatever, whatever it is you do, but I don't really want to talk about the ex, you know, let's talk about something else. I don't want to hear about her. I don't want to, you know, I don't want you reporting on what's going on. That's not what this is. Let's just go have some fun and, and do some other things. Uh, if you can find people who are like that, who are good friends, then great. And if not, then you do like you're doing where you phase them out. Uh, so let me get to the next part of this. So I'm feeling very anxious and struggling to go to college and figure out who I should talk to or not talk to and how I can get around these problems. Uh, if you have a chance to share any wisdoms or ideas with me, I would appreciate it, uh, more than anything. Many thanks. Um, okay. So the one benefit you have is I'm assuming you're just a year out. You said you're three years in, so I'm assuming you're doing the normal four-year course. Um, and uh, I, I already mentioned a little bit about trying to seek out those friends who are not going to do that or that you can sit and have that conversation with them. Um, unfortunately, you're going to be in this mode to to right now to where you're going to be ascertaining what where people fall, where your friend group is, where the support is going to be. Now, unfortunately, well, let me back up. Fortunately, it's not a divorce. Fortunately, it's not, you don't have kids. Well, I'm assuming you don't have kids. You don't have any, 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 any substantial connection that really complicates this more. You know, you, you don't have a legal battle you're going through. It doesn't necessarily uh, mitigate what you're going through or minimize what you're going through. What you're going through is still very difficult and very complicated and hurts like hell. I mean, I, you know, that is very, very common on this. But what I mean is the benefit of it is, is that, you know, you, unless you still have her record collection or something, you don't have a, a real reason to have any interaction with her or to talk to her. Um, the, the, you know, you're kind of in a situation to where, you know, can you, the question I would ask you is, can you ride out the rest of the year, focus on your schooling, you know, get your, get your degree done and, and move on to the next part of your life? Uh, or, I mean, where, where are you at with what you, what you need? I mean, the, the problem is, or what I would see as a problem is that, uh, all these things you've mentioned in this email are, are, 
amplifying what you're feeling and what you're thinking. It's amplifying the loss. Um, what I mean is, is you have the loss of the relationship and now you're, you know, now it's affecting everything else in your life. It's affecting your friend group, for your friend group, where you hang out, what you do. You know, I mean, you don't really have an opportunity more than likely to, you know, I mean, you got to go to class, you're going in the same halls, you know, you're, you're walking by all the same stuff. You don't really get a, um, escape from it. I mean, like in my situation, you know, my marriage or my relationship was separate from my work. So there wasn't, other than the pictures I had to take down, um, there wasn't uh, any big real reminders. It wasn't like we met in the break room or spent time, you know, going to lunch every day and and stuff like that. Uh, Now, it did affect things around town and, and other places where I would go and, you know, different things. Um, your situation with it being all mixed together is, is going to be more complicated. You know, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're finding ways to make yourself feel better. Um, I would encourage you if you have the opportunity for a therapist to do that as well, to help you work through some of this. Uh, if you have any friends who won't play these games, leverage off of them. If that doesn't work, try to do something different. The problem is I could see them. What I would see as a problem is that you've been here for the three years. You're kind of on that final stretch. You know, you've already, you've already, the things you've been interested in, you've already been doing, and you already have that, uh, that mix of friends between your ex and you, meaning like if you were into music, you know, you already did that. You already had your musician friends or did those things. And, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is, is, is there an interest or something that you were interested in before that you weren't able to do when you were with your, with your girlfriend that you could do now? You know, I mean, if it's uh, rock climbing, I'm just going to start throwing stuff out here, then start doing it, right? I mean, if it's running or if it's something different, so it's a different group of people, it's a different, uh, you know, potentially a different friend group. I, I know that in the, in the college environment, it's going to be a lot of the same people anyways, but that could be a way to do that. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you've already been thinking of this. Here's the, here's the main thing that is going to be the biggest problem. I think for you that you need to think about, and I mentioned it earlier, and that is when you're looking at your situation and you are, you're ruminating about it, it makes it worse. Right, and it, and it's like if you can't get a release for that that mental block you're in, it amplifies. And, and what I mean by that, let me try to come up with an example: is if there's something, you know, if there's something you like to do that you don't feel you can do now because everyone's there, you, it's going to make it worse, right? Instead of just instead of just confronting it or finding something different, you're going to be thinking about it a, a, a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I mean, for me, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a good example, but uh, initially it was the, the retirement type futures type stuff that was really bothering me. Right. And I just couldn't get my, my mind off of it to, to think about the effect of, uh, of it. And, and I could see how this could potentially be an issue with your situation because of, you know, it's, it's basically this whole thing is ruining, you know, your college experience, you know, everything that you had before for the previous three years now is all tainted 
because you're wrapped around this whole narcissistic, covert narcissistic type relationship, plus the smear and everything that's going on with it. So now you're trying to look at the past. So you can't really look at your past fondly because it has all these bad memories. And now you're looking, you know, so then you're looking at the entire experience and you're thinking that it's, that it's been ruined and you're trying to figure out how to do the, ra- the last part of it. And you're not seeing a, a, a positive, fun-filled um, environment for your last, last year. That's, dude, if there is any way you can work on coming or coming to grips with that and making your peace with that, that will help you tremendously. Um, one, an example that kind of correlates with what you're talking about in my situation was whenever we would have uh, school events for the kids and both of us would be there. And I used to dread it. Like you're talking about, man, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to deal with the people that we, we both knew. Um, I, if I did show up, I would stay in the back, you know, just to try to, to, to not be a part of it. Uh, my ex being the wonderful covert that she is, uh, initially she would be like, Oh, why didn't you sit right here? Right. I mean, she would pretend like she had a spot. And finally, what I decided to do is I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to pick the spot. I'm going to save the space. And what ended up happening is then she stopped showing up. Right. I mean, so you know, and that could be a potential in your situation. I guess what I'm saying is, is that could be a, a potential thing to try. It's like, so what if you were able to just put on your game face, go, you know, pretend like nothing is wrong, you know, for that period of time, for what you, these different events, and just see if you can can uh, make it, make it uh, you know, pull it off, make it work. Um, because what could happen is it's still, you're still going to be anxious with it, but maybe it'll get part of that back to you. I know for me in my situation, that did help because it, I felt like I was able to take some type of, uh, I don't know if control is the right word, but, but ownership or, um, I was able to, to do something positive, positive with it. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, you're the one nice thing is, is you're a year out. I'm assuming you're a year out. So, uh, I would still try to, I, I would try to balance it, right? Keep as much minimum contact as possible, but try to do things. If you can go, if you can get yourself geared up, it's like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to pretend like everything's great. I'm going to be, have a good time. Don't drink or anything like that. Cause you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're making, you know, make mistakes. The caveat on, caveat on this is is how it makes you feel afterwards. And, and what I mean by that is, or my caveat on this is, if you do this or if you've done this in the past and it wipes you out for a week, then don't even do it. Then do stuff by yourself. And there were a couple of times on, on combined events where I didn't go. There was, it was basically when we were still going through court and there were some things that were happening and it was so annoying that I just couldn't even handle being in the same room with her pretending to be fake whenever I knew that I was getting harpooned on the back end. Um, I mean, I guess fortunately in your situation, your harpooning is your reputation, but it's not necessarily something, I mean, hopefully it's not something that's actually going to negatively affect your life for the you know rest of your life, or at least you're thinking that. And what I mean by that, I'm not... This has an impact on your life. I'm not diminishing that. What I'm saying is, is you're not sitting there looking that, you know, it's like, okay, for the next 35 years, she's going to get half of everything you make, you know, going forward, that type of thing. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you have the benefit that this relationship is over. Yes, there's an emotional tie to it, but 
you don't have all the the normal crap that happens with family court and divorce and alimony and child support and you know splitting up assets and stuff like that, which you may have had to do if you could, since you guys were living together for three years. There's probably some joint property, but more than likely, you probably did like most people, and you just let her have everything. So here's the thing on this man is that as this goes on you are going to feel better and better. You're already starting to see that. The way that you're feeling with a lot of this isn't necessarily, isn't going to last forever. You're not going to be stuck in this mode, mode forever. Um, you know, I, it, you, the, the whole fact that your entire friend group is all intermeshed and you don't really have any, anybody who's not, it's really complicated uh, and I've already gone through different ways to deal with that, uh, some recommendations on that. And, and honestly, man, I mean, if you, if it really is so intertwined, you just hunker down, focus on your, your stuff, get through, you know, just get your, get your degree, move on with your life or try to interact with other people. Like I mentioned earlier, find something that you maybe weren't, didn't do that you wanted to do before and start doing that. Uh, try to find different friend groups, hang out with different people. Um, I know that's not the easiest thing to do. And I know that that can be very annoying because you're looking at it going, well, wait a minute, I've already developed my friend group. I spent three years developing my friend group. All these people are my, you know, is that. So now why do I have to start over? You can get into this whole thing about what you know, the other person gets and what you don't get, and it just doesn't help, right? I mean, even in that, and, and I get it because I've gone through that as well, and I've had some of those same type of, uh, same type of things where I get caught in this do loop. At the end of the day, it just, it doesn't help you, right? I mean, the, it's, it's, it's really tough. It's not fair. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, you, fortunately, you don't have that much time left and you can move on and hopefully you can salvage some of those friends. What I would, I would, final thought on this, what I would recommend is anybody that is a dual friend, I would encourage you to keep her off the topic, keep her off, of, uh, don't talk to them about what you're thinking about with her um, because anything you say is going to be, be uh, push push back, right? You know, if somebody brings something up, you can just say, yeah, I really cared about her. It's really a drag. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know, I mean, um, but uh, it, it's it's a tough situation. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you some ideas and some things to think about. I know it doesn't really solve the problem. And the last little thing I'll leave you with is that it, it, a lot of this is just about perspective. It's about how you look at things and what, you, what you're looking at, right? I mean, and... Hopefully, hopefully you can look at the situation. You already said earlier that you, you know, you're, you're grateful that you've got, you know, that you're not with this person anymore. Be really grateful for that. Be, be grateful that you didn't marry her and that you didn't have children with her. And in a lot of ways, even though this is, is a very traumatic experience to have this without all those extra bag, uh, baggage, I guess, that, that really can negatively affect your life. You get to learn this lesson and not make that same mistake again and be able to figure out people who just don't seem right. More than likely, looking at your relationship, I'm sure you can see 
all the telltale signs of this type of behavior where they were mirroring what you wanted, you know, what, you know, it's like your interests were all intertwined. You guys were all focused on the same thing. And then it slowly started to slip. And I would also imagine that there were times where things happened that you weren't really uh, too keen on and you didn't set a boundary or make it an issue because you didn't want to risk a relationship. It's like, well, I don't like this, but I don't want to talk about it. Or I've tried to talk about it. She's not interested. And you know, you, you blew it off. And let me, you know, anybody listening on this boundaries are critical. Now, I mean, it's kind of weird because you can get yourself in your mind that it's like, well, is it really worth uh, making an issue, you know, a mountain out of a molehill, so to speak, and potentially ruining this wonderful relationship because of an issue that really is how important is it? If it bothers you, it's important. You need to be able to talk about it. These things are awesome because they're great tests, because if you can sit there and talk about it and you can have a, a conversation and you can resolve that issue, that's a great sign. If you can't, or let's say even worse for covert, what normally happens is, is they'll, they'll say, okay, and then make you pay for it later. That is a great indicator of problems. So it gives you the opportunity to go, mm, yeah, this isn't right, which it sounds like basically what you did. And then to be able to, uh, as you go on, to be able to say, okay, these are deal breakers. These are our problems. You know, everyone has issues, right? I mean, but if you can communicate with it and come up with a, 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 a resolution, that's really the key. When you can't, that's bad. Whenever you have a relationship like this, where somebody afterwards, you can't be an adult about it and it turns into a smear campaign and they're trying to turn everyone against you, that's a bad sign as well. Not everybody is like that. Um, but what it is very common for people with strong narcissistic traits or you know, maybe even an undiagnosed personality disorder to do these very, these exact same things. It's a patterns repeat. All right, on that, I hopefully that was helpful. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback on this. If you have some different ideas for what this person could do, trying to figure out the last part of his college year to deal with this, uh, put it in the comments below. And uh, if you want to have a discussion on a topic, please send me an email with a question and I can make a video about that as well. All right, take care and I will talk to you in the next video.